Hey Fresh Capital listeners, apologies for the late upload. We had some technical difficulties in recording this episode. I had to re-record my end because my microphone wasn't working properly. I think you're really going to like this episode. In this one, we assess Domino's Pizza that's listed on the ASX. It's not just the pizza business, it's also somewhat of a tech business. It's very innovative. And out of all the companies we've assessed so far, there are some really clear case examples that we got into, which provide great insights. Keep listening and enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to another episode of Fresh Capital. Every week we provide a refreshingly simple way to learn about companies and investing. My name is Dan and I'm joined by my good friend, Albert. Albert, how are you going? Dan, I'm going good. I'm in Canberra at the moment, um, recording from my younger brother's bedroom, or formerly my bedroom, I guess. We were just saying before we started recording, he's got this amazing gaming um, streaming setup. So now I've like commented his microphone, I've commented his screens. Um, yeah, it's great. How are you? You're sounding very nice, Albert. I'm doing well. I've got some friends from Canberra up in Sydney for this weekend, and we're showing them around a couple of places. We've just come back from Paddington Markets, bought some plants, and it's been a, a fun start to the long weekend in Australia. But let's jump into it. This episode, we're going to be discussing the pitch for Domino's Pizza Enterprises Limited, most commonly known as Domino's. As with every week, we'll start off with a summary of the business. We'll then discuss what is driving its revenue, trends in the industry, and competitors. We'll finish the episode with our overall verdict on the company. A quick summary. Albert, I was surprised actually to find out that Domino's, as it's listed on the ASX, is actually the brand for Australia, New Zealand, France, Belgium, Netherlands, Japan, and the Principality of Monaco. So it's not just Australia, it spreads itself out across various regions. For those of you who don't know, Domino's is about pizza. They're a pizza fast food chain restaurant. In financial year 2020, they had a revenue of $1.9 billion with an operating margin of about 18.5%, so a very healthy operating margin. As I've mentioned, they have different operations around the world. Their Australian New Zealand business segment is about 36% of their revenue. Europe is 30% and Japan about 34% with those other locations taking the remainder uh, of the proportion of revenue. Albert, with all that context out of the way, where do you want to start when assessing Domino's Pizza? This is a good question. I'm a bit biased because I actually love Domino's Pizzas. Um, I know they're not <laughs> sexy in comparison to a lot of like the premiumization of pizzas, and we'll talk about that trend um, later in this episode, I think. Um, but when we say, like, where do you want to start, I want to start with the core of what they actually do, which is they sell pizzas and then start going to the kind of the innovations around, um, you know, how they're changing as a business, how they're adapting to the fast food environment, etc. Um, so as a whole, like you said, Domino's sell pizzas. They kind of break that range of pizzas down into a few different styles. Um, so they've got the traditional pizza. So, um, if you have grew up with Domino's in Australia, it's the classic pepperoni, 
um, Hawaiian pizzas, the meat lovers, they've started to expand out of that range into um, other styles of pizza. So they've got uh, vegan, vegetarian pizzas. They've got New York style pizzas. And then they've got the, their value range pizzas, which are substantially cheaper than uh, what the traditional range is. Uh, so as a core of their business, what they sell is pizza. Um, and then kind of sitting on top of that is the Domino's master franchise. Um, so Dan, how this business works is if you uh, want to open a Domino's restaurant, so it's a chain of Domino's or, you know, you head down to local shops and you see Domino's, that's actually usually a franchise. So the master Domino's then sells or licenses out the branding, um, the marketing, and all the collateral that goes into forming a restaurant, takes a, a royalty fee, but then supports the person who has then opened a Domino's franchise. Thanks for that, Albert. That is a good overview, and that's a good place to start, which is the franchise system. This isn't a unique business model to Domino's. There's a lot of fast food restaurants. Think of your uh, McDonald's, your Subways, your KFCs. They're all franchises. And as we look through the annual report of Domino's, you'll see that they really highlight some of their local business owners, their franchisees, who are champions of their business. Some of them have even eight to 10 domino stores for themselves. They perhaps started off working in a domino store, then got their own franchise, and then they've been successful at it. So they've set up multiple franchises because they know the business really well and they've had success. Albert, what I want to talk with you about is this franchise system in 2021. How do we see this ecosystem, this model for a food business now that there's a pandemic and COVID times, is this an optimal business model or is there another way? It's a really good question, Dan. So I think traditionally when you look at franchises, um, there's like two, two layers to it. So the person who uh, franchises out a brand and then the franchise also the person who actually owns the brand. So in the case of Domino's, uh, that's Domino's listed on the ASX. They own the master franchise rights to, you know, the brand in Australia, some countries in Europe, so France, Belgium, Netherlands, etc., as well as Japan. And so what they do is they, I guess, give a license out to anyone who wants to franchise and start a Domino's. And so there's a franchise cost associated with that. I, think I checked when we were doing a bit of research and it's around 450k to start a Domino's franchise. And then in perpetuity, as part of that franchise contract, um, Domino's, the master brand, gets 7% of royalties um, of revenue from that franchise, as well as 6% of sales to contribute to national advertising. So overall, they get a pretty good haircut or clip of what the franchise actually makes. For the person who takes out you know, a Domino's franchise, what they get, they get to leverage the network and the scale of Domino's, the branding, um, you know, the recipe um, for success and both the recipes for um, pizza itself. So you know that if you were to start a Domino's, you have the full support of people who have started a successful or unsuccessful, but predominantly successful pizza business. You know, they know what kind of support goes into that, all the things like payroll, taxes, expenses, suppliers, all that stuff is kept taken care of. So it's sort of like a turnkey um, franchise or restaurant opportunity. So if you don't have any experience and you want to start a restaurant, um, this is a really, really great way to do it. 
I think on both sides of that coin, what makes Domino's to me a really interesting and a great business, uh, and this is part of where I could be um, bullish on Domino's, is that if you're running a franchise business, once you hit critical mass around your brand, reputation, marketing, and scale, that's a really, really successful business model. And you can kind of ride the coattails of that business by franchising out or licensing out your brand. So in this case, Domino's, really, really strong brand. Um, you know, people think about Domino's, you know, mostly in a positive light. It has presence all over Australia and all over the world. If you think about trying to get a pizza, you know you can get a really cheap pizza for Domino's. So what they do is they leverage their brand um, and consumer sentiment to then generate profits in perpetuity without having to do anything except support these businesses. On the other side of the coin, if you're trying to start a business, I don't necessarily think franchises are the way to go. And there's always that tension between you being a franchise owner, so someone who owns a Domino's franchise, versus you being the master franchise owner. Because as the master franchise owner, you can kind of dictate through the franchise license agreement what these restaurants can and can't do. And as a kind of franchise owner, so the person who runs a Domino's store, you kind of have to abide by that contractually. So while you get to leverage, you know, this big brand, the network, the expertise, um, all the turnkey things that come with owning a Domino's or a franchise, you still don't have as much control over the business as you want. So I think that's kind of the downside of franchising. Some of the downsides you've identified may be downsides for the franchisee, the person who's running the Domino's day-to-day in, for example, downtown Sydney. As you said, the contract is skewed in a way which favours the franchisor, Domino's in the main. Using Subway as an example of a similar franchise model, you can think of when they introduce a new product, like the Panini Toasted Sandwiches. This is a product that is rolled out nationally across all franchises. It involves specialized equipment like a sandwich press or a toaster. As the individual franchisee, you have to sign on and provide that new product and also pay for the cost of that extra equipment too. You just hope that this new campaign is successful. So I I can understand from that point of view that it can be really difficult uh, for franchisees to be part of this business model. But Domino's, as it's listed on the ASX, and the business that you invest in when buying shares, benefits from that business arrangement. So zooming out, one of the things I've been really impressed with with Domino's is how they, as the ASX-listed company, have taken such good stewardship of the brand and really focus on the franchise operations as well. One of the areas where this is clear is the way they choose new locations for franchises. They're very picky about where their locations are set up for each of their stores. They have this internal objective called Project 310, which if you are to understand Domino's, you have to understand this goal. This goal is to prepare a hot, freshly made pizza ready for carry out of the store within three minutes or safely delivered to the customer's door within 10 minutes, hence project 310. 
And that means that when they're choosing locations for their stores, where they're choosing a place where Domino's will be effective, they've got that goal in mind that each pizza has to be either carried out of the store within three minutes or delivered within 10. So while it might look like there's a lot of Domino's in close proximity to each other, the goal is that they're servicing all those customers in the area within three minutes or 10 minutes. And that's part of their overarching brand, which is to deliver fast service at affordable prices with good quality. We've both had Domino's pizzas. It's not the best pizza you will ever have, but it is consistent. You will get the same pizza whether you've ordered in Canberra or in Sydney, which is pretty amazing when you think about it. The scope of their businesses are that large and yet they can still produce pizzas consistently and quickly no matter where you are in Australia or in any of their other regions. So with all that said, Albert, what do you think about how Domino's is operationalizing these parts of the business? Yeah, two things that you've said now are really interesting to me. The first is around this Project 310 You know, I noticed reading the annual report, they've got statistics around how each country is hitting that. Um, And almost all countries that they operate in are really close. I think France actually hits the 10-minute mark and there's a variance of one or two minutes for all the other countries. I think what would be really good is to then to dive into um, the technology that enables Domino's to do that. Um, Because, you know, to get to that level of efficiency where you're delivering something within 10 minutes or picking something up within three minutes, like that's incredible from a food standards um, perspective but also just making a pizza like you and I have both made pizzas before I'm sure our audience have made pizzas like it's quite difficult to do that the second thing you just touched upon is you know as Domino's customers you and I both know that the pizza they get isn't the best quality and I think there's always going to be tension there around competing on price within this market and the market being you know fast food quick service restaurants versus competing on quality And more and more, there's a trend towards high quality produce. But Domino's bucks this trend because they just keep growing. So I think both those things are really interesting points um, that I think we should cover. Do you want to start with maybe this operational operational, um, expertise that they've got going within their franchise? So if you think about the supply chain for Domino's from beginning to end, it doesn't actually start in the store. It starts way back at what you might call a regional production center where they produce the dough for the bread for the pizza bases. That's the center of almost every single product that Domino's makes. It's the main ingredient in the pizza bases. And then you have garlic bread and other side dishes or sides that you can order that may use the dough as well. Domino's have incorporated new technologies into the dough making process so that that is the most efficient way or best way for them to produce such a core ingredient. So an example of this is a new style mixer, which combines the ingredients for the dough and mixes them in a vacuum. This has reduced the processing time for making the dough. The difficulty of making bread or dough products quickly is that you have to give it time to rise and for the gluten to develop. But by mixing it in this vacuum, Domino's has Domino's has reduced the processing time from seven minutes per batch of dough to just two minutes. This might not seem like much, but if you think of the percentage of time they've saved 
five minutes out of seven minutes, they've just created an efficiency of about 300%, which is insane. On top of that time difference, it also reduces the energy requirements of that production center because now you're not having a mixer turn dough for seven minutes. It's only turning dough for two minutes. So you're getting efficiencies across the board. Then if you think about the scale in some of the newer facilities where Domino's is making dough, they're producing three tons of pizza bases every hour. That's enough dough to make 11,000 pizzas every hour, which is then distributed through their network of trucks and delivered to various stores. All those trucks are outfitted with GPS tracking, which isn't about stopping drivers running off with dough. It's so that deliveries to stores, deliveries to stores will occur just in time this minimizes disruption to stores and ensures that they always have the right amount of dough. So all these little things at the start of production, before a pizza has even got a tomato base on it, right even before it's in the building, it's efficient, it's cheaper, and it's done with technology and innovation. I'm really impressed by Domino's. Albert, do you have anything to add on this particular point? Because there's a whole bunch of examples of Domino's business practices, which I, I really want to dive into this episode. No, no, please continue. I just want to also say that this is kind of the power of being a franchise business is that when you have technology like this at scale, you can test it rolled out across all stores and have that immediately impact the business as a whole. Whereas if you're, say, working at your own um you know, pizza place or one of the ones that's family-owned restaurants, um, those one-off pizza places that you and I both really like going to, even like a big franchise chain like Fratelli Fresh in Sydney, like they just don't have the scale um, and access to the technology, the thinking that goes into Domino's. So that is, you know, one of the big positives to being a franchise business is access to this kind of technology and thinking. But please, Dan, continue. So now I'm going to flip us from the start of the operation chain to the end, which is after the pizzas are made in store. At this point, the pizza needs to be delivered or picked up. About 70% of Domino's pizzas are ordered online, of which a large amount are for delivery. I remember back in high school, it was a fairly lucrative, casual job for students to be the Domino's pizza driver. Despite the many players like Uber Eats and Deliveroo that have now popped up, Domino's has kept its delivery operations in-house with its employees, which is an interesting business decision. So rather than just having or using third-party platforms, which take a cut of your profits with each delivery, they still have their delivery drivers employed by Domino's. The innovation in this space is through pushing towards using electric bikes for deliveries. For example, in New Zealand, they're trialing these two by two electric bikes for use. They've got this really lightweight frame, which makes it easy to move around and safer while also being environmentally friendly because it's, it's run by electricity. They have speed limiters, which has an operational efficiency in that you don't need a full driver's license to operate the vehicle. So if you're trying to roster on employees, you don't need someone who's, you know, 18, 21, 
who's got a full driver's license to operate the deliveries for you as a store. You can actually have someone younger who might not have a full license, might actually be cheaper on your wages to do the delivery. So it's a really forward thinking use of technology in a core part of their business, which is the final step of delivering the pizza. This is a trial in New Zealand, but across Germany, more than 30% of all deliveries are through electric vehicles. In France, the goal is to be 100% electric deliveries by 2023. So on both ends of Domino's chain of operations, the beginning and the end, they're using technology innovation to speed up the delivery of pizza, save costs and and just generally being more environmentally aware and sustainable. It's just really smart. Yeah, I think Domino's is a, a classic example. If they're not teaching it now, they will be teaching it in like five to 10 years time at business schools around what successful digital transformation looks like. So like in addition to those, you know, big operational things, Dan, that you've just spoken about, you know, Domino's invested quite heavily in um, a digital app called Pizza Tracker. I'm not sure if you remember last time you ordered Domino's, but they have their own proprietary Domino's app to order pizza. So you don't necessarily have to order off Uber Eats or Deliveroo, et cetera. Um, if you order a Domino's pizza from their app or from their website, they show you at every step of the way how your pizza is tracking, what it looks like, where it is. I think um, in 2017, uh, while we were both students, I remember ordering a pizza late at night while studying. And there was like a live camera of your pizza going from like the person making it into the oven, built into the app. And so that whole kind of holistic chain of digitizing how pizza's made, how consumers interact with pizza, not even before it's um, delivered to them, then how it's delivered, how all the ingredients are made, shows that how much Domino's is investing in R&D uh, and technology to modernize their business. I think that's a clever one. Because the main purpose of doing that is not just to have the consumer see the process. It's data that Domino's already have because of this goal for Project 310. They've already been tracking all that data. For example, how long does it take for a pizza to be made? How long does it take for the pizza to leave the store? Well, it's an extra 10% uh, to make this information available to the customer in a friendly way which might produce uh, better outcomes for your, your service and in, in how you're interfacing with your consumers. So it's just squeezing value out of every little thing. Now there are two more examples that I want to go through Albert and I want to raise these because it's indicative of what I think the future of technology will be in the fast food industry. Domino's are investing in this technology run out of Amazon Web Services called Cognitive Rostering, which essentially predicts the flow of orders from week to week. And you think, well, how does that possibly work? It takes into account hundreds and thousands of data points, including sales history, uh, what's on the television that night, if it's raining, what day it is, for example, a Friday or the weekend, uh, whether Domino's maybe is running a big ad campaign uh, for its products. The algorithm takes in all this information and it will then predict what the flow of orders will be for Domino's stores in various areas. 
This is something store managers would consider manually, and they've done this for years. They would roster on staff thinking that a certain day is going to be busy and other days will be quiet, and that obviously affects their budgets. If they make the wrong decision, if they roster on more staff than they actually need for a day, then that's inefficient. They've just spent money on wages, which they didn't have to. But this is being replaced by an algorithm which is taking much more information than any manager possibly could and is coming out with more accurate predictions. This allows managers to roster just the right amount of staff for each day. Again, it's about efficiencies and Domino's are integrating this technology into their stores so that they can have them. The second example, which is you know, on a similar wavelength with this use of algorithms, is when you think of repeat customers who might have an account with Domino's through their website or app. These algorithms can predict if Jane, for instance, will order her usual cheese pizza with a side of garlic bread at 7 p.m. on Tuesday. And they'll actually log that order in the store before the order is made by Jane to speed up the process of making and the delivery of that pizza. It all comes back to project 310. How can we get these pizzas out the door quicker? Now, there's obviously a downside to that, which is maybe Jane isn't feeling like pizza on that day and she doesn't make that order. But you can see what they're looking towards with this use of technology to predict orders because it will make their operations more and more efficient. And as data is harvested and you know, put to use, I think, in a better way by these companies, they're still looking for ways to use this data. These are some of the use cases which will become standard in the industry. I'm fairly certain of that. That's so interesting. Um, I really like the idea of like a pizza algo, like <laughs> predicting and telling you um, as a business owner, how many pizzas you need, how many people you need to roster on, but also what kind of information that tells you about who your customers are. Like it's not just pizza, volumes of pizza. You could start to look at spend per customer, who buys what, how consistent people are. Once you start to map out profiles, because if you're ordering from app, you generally have to make a profile about you as a customer. I think that's such the value of, so that is the greatest value about having an app-based um, delivery system is you have to have a profile attached to the person who is receiving the pizza so you can automatically start collecting data about an individual customer as opposed to calling up Domino's like you don't get to have that data collection so you can not only map out you know pizzas how many pizzas you're getting at a particular time of the day of the week etc um, but who's ordering pizza what did that tell you about the customers customer churn like all these metrics that people think about um, technology businesses now Domino's has access to that data and can optimize for that. So I've been fanboying over Domino's operations, Albert. Do you have another perspective in which to look at Domino's? Yeah, so the second point that I thought was really interesting, um, going back to that initial thing you had about Domino's, was this idea of when we order Domino's or when our audience orders Domino's, like you know you're not getting the best quality pizza. Like if I had $5 to spend on a pizza, I'm going to go to Domino's. If I had, you know, $20 to spend a pizza, I'm probably not going to go to Domino's. I'm going to go to, you know, the pizza place on the corner um, that does really good pizzas, maybe smaller, but uses higher quality or fresh ingredients um, as owned by a family restaurant. You know, if kind of in the middle of the market, there's crust, um, et cetera. So 
I think I want what I want to talk about is the quick food service market generally, and then what that means for Domino's. Because I think operating a restaurant business like Domino's is generally unattractive. What what's attractive about Domino's as an investment is the franchise part and the fact that they can generate revenue and then profit kind of in perpetuity as long as the business continues. But the business itself, which is selling pizza or operating in a quick service restaurant, to me is unattractive. So a couple of reasons for that. Um, in Australia, and I guess the US as well, the market is highly fragmented. So you've got the major players, McDonald's, KFC, Subway. Um, you know, you've got a bunch of um, other big names in Australia, Hungry Jacks, so forth. Um, and you see them everywhere, right? There's probably one in every suburb or every second suburb, especially for McDonald's. You know, there's one down the road from me. Is there one in Marrickville? Oh, yeah, Domino's or a McDonald's or any sort of quick food service restaurant. Um, yeah, so you've got those big players. And then in addition to that, you've also got all the corner shops like, you know, chicken shops, fish and chip shops, you know, takeaway bakeries, etc. So when as a consumer, you have so much choice in terms of trying to pick a place. And so the reason someone picks Domino's is that they're either specifically looking for pizza or they're really price sensitive and going to go for a pretty cheap pizza. So when you're running a price sensitive business like fast food, where your consumers are probably um, pretty cautious about the price, um, there's always going to be tension, I think, between the quality of your ingredients and the price of the food. So that's why Domino's has a wide range of pizzas, you know, value range, traditional range, premium range, New York style, et cetera, is to try cater for all the different types of customers and what their propensity to spend is. So similar to McDonald's, they've got their value range. They've got like club range, which is their premium burgers. Subway's got, you know, their dollar subs and things like that. So to me, it's quite unattractive as a business when you're constantly faced with that tension. And then when you overlay the cost of food, like you talked about dough, but Domino's as a business is also kind of privy to the uh, impact of rising food costs as well as shortages in the supply chain. We've seen that with COVID happening last year, there's been tensions in trying to get food in and out of Australia. And so when you've got those sensitivities and then you've got sensitivities around how much a customer is willing to spend, that to me is inherently unattractive. And then when you overlay what the trends are generally um, in this industry, um, there's been a push for what I call premiumization of food where people want you know fresh food um, better quality food you know you can see that people are still interested in fast food because um, the spend on fast food or instant made meals in Australia is increasing year on year but additional to that there are more players who are operating in the space like Coles is now operating in the instant meal market you know Woolworths etc they've started to come in you've got a lot of like ready-made meals you've got HelloFresh Marley Spoon's listed. You know, you've got all these players here who are competing um, for instant or very quick meals. And so because of the tension between fresh food and price, um, that to me makes Domino's inherently kind of unattractive. I'm not worried about this. And I think the first place 
to start with breaking down my reasoning is looking at the, just the incredibly large market, which is food. Assume everyone has three meals a day and times that by the population of a given market, and it's just massive. So we can accept that our market can be very fragmented, but if it's large enough, you can be wildly successful by just capturing a part of that large market. You know, to forgive the pun, uh, you can have just a slice of the whole pie. You don't need the whole pie here. So where does that take us with Domino's? In theory, there are competitors like Woolworths and Coles, grocery outlets who are making pre-made meals. But when I think of consumer habits, I don't think that they're actually real competitors. When I order takeaway for dinner, it's because it's already close to dinner time and I want to eat something quickly. Or it may be that I thought I had food in the fridge and I actually don't. So now I need to get takeaway. Or it might be I have a day every week where I treat myself and get takeaway. In these three different circumstances, I want something quick, I want something that I know is tasty, and you know maybe I can rely on Domino's to fulfill that need in each of those circumstances. The artisan sourdough pizza place across the road might take a little bit longer and it's pricier, so maybe that wins in that last case example where I'm treating myself one time a week. But you can see that Domino's has a clear use case and an advantage in the first two examples. And in all those examples, I don't really see the compelling case for pre-made foods from grocery stores as being a competitor that will fulfill those needs in a better way. It's also interesting to question what a competitor is in the fast food chain business. Usually when I order food with friends or my partner or my family, whoever it may be, I ask, what do you feel like? They usually won't say, I feel like fast food. Usually they'll say something like, I feel like burgers, I feel like Thai food, I feel like pizza. So by that logic, places like McDonald's and KFCs aren't directly competing with Domino's because Domino's is competing with other pizza stores. The, it's competing with other food stores in the same category as itself. One of Domino's biggest strengths, I feel, is that it has its own food group. It doesn't compete with KFC and McDonald's. It competes with Pizza Hut and Crust. If a consumer feels like pizza tonight, Domino's is already a competitive and compelling choice. And pizza is probably the greatest food product to deliver because it doesn't degrade during the journey like other foods. If I know that my takeaway is going to be spending 10 minutes in the back of someone's car before it reaches me, I'm much more likely to order a pizza than say a burger or a salad. So I'm quite happy with how Domino's is differentiated. And as a final point to back up my confidence, it's that Domino's is putting a lot of work into recognizing changes in consumer habits after the pandemic. They've noticed that people are ordering, ordering food earlier in the day, during the week instead of weekends. And because the patterns of behavior have been disrupted, they're looking at ways in which they can fill this space. You know, the size of orders have increased because people are now making orders hoping that they're gonna have leftovers 
for the next day. So maybe they build around a product where you've got a special deal to have two pizzas instead of one pizza. I expect that, you know, following the pandemic, there's a lot of restaurants that have been vulnerable to the conditions that have come through, like lockdown, etc. Domino's seems to have a product in pizza that has been the least affected in terms of the food industry. It's great for takeaway. Uh, it delivers really quickly to your door. It can be contactless, etc. So if I had to pick a food business for the pandemic, it would be pizza and Domino's would be number one out of those chains. This is actually a really good question because what we've just discussed here, both you and me, is that second layer of what Domino's is. So you talked about, um, you know, if you want to go get dinner, you talk to a friend. Hey, what do you feel like? You know, pizza, burger, etc. You know, it's its own food category. Agree with that. In the same way, I was probably talking about um, the price sensitivity that a restaurant feels. I think the other layer to that is, hey, I want to start a food business. What franchise do I pick? Do you still feel the same way? Because that, that's kind of the second customer to Domino's, which is the person who then starts a franchise business, which is what then generates a lot of revenue for Domino's. Like, do you still feel like if you take a person who wanted to start a franchise business or a food restaurant, they've got a couple options. The first option is they had to start a franchise, Domino's, McDonald's, KFC, Hungry Jack's, and then from there they pick which franchise or do they start their own business with their own brand? It depends who you're talking to. People who want to set up a business with a unique brand are a particular type of business owner or entrepreneur. Likewise, people, are, people who are happy running a franchise business are another type. So if I had to guess, the former is someone who might go into business with a cafe. They'll want to do up the design and set up a particular vibe of the place themselves. It will reflect their passion and aspirations to have a cafe or be involved in the food industry. Someone who wants to be involved in a franchise is probably looking at it as an investment. They would compare the various franchises to see what the best business case is for their use of time and money. So I think it really is dependent on particular people. But I do agree that this is an important second customer for Domino's. And I haven't seen any data going around about the growth of stores. How many new people are feeding through Domino's franchise system? Yeah, I think from um, looking at Domino's FY21 half year results, like they have opened a lot of new stores. And I think they're doing quite well. Um, so it looks like um, as a whole, Domino's is probably doing relatively well despite the economic conditions in Australia. Because um, to, to me, it seems like unlikely that someone would take the risk in the past year to open a franchise business. Uh, again, I haven't seen the data around that. But you don't get JobKeeper for starting a business. You get JobKeeper for having an existing business. And if you're suddenly open opening new businesses, um, or your brand is opening new businesses, like it's a good indicator that you're probably doing pretty well overall as a brand, right? Bill, before I give the final verdict, I think looking into the future, is there anything you you feel like Domino's? should be doing to continue winning like you talked about project 310 you know we talked about the price sensitivity of food um you know what other things do you think domino's could be doing 
to continue its growth streak because Domino's has had an incredible growth streak over the past five years. There's two points I'll make. One is regarding plant-based alternatives to meat products. We've talked about this in depth in our previous episode about Ingham chicken. Domino's have some plant-based products like a plant-based ham that they use in their pizzas. So I'm pretty confident that as this trend continues in the future, they'll be well positioned. For the second point, Albert, you and I both love the book Range by David Epstein. The reason we love the concept is because it's simple and intuitive. Rather than being a specialist, like someone who practiced golf their whole childhood, Range argues that you should dabble in various sports before you specialize because you can apply your previous experiences to achieve innovative results that drive success. The competitive advantage Domino's has is that they have the range mindset built into their business. They put together all these projects and initiatives in their various regions, like the electric bikes in New Zealand and other initiatives around Europe and Japan. They take these learnings and apply it across their franchises. And I think that's just so smart. It it future-proofs your business Instead of needing to guess or predict what future trends there will be, you can simply leverage your learnings from other regions to apply to business problems that are facing them in other regions. So they're adaptable, no matter what change happens in the future. Yeah, interesting. I think what I would like to see from Domino's, and this is something I've thought about for a long time um, while we're doing research for this episode, um, is the shift towards ready-made meals not ready-made as in like i know you can order a domino's but you can't really order a domino's and then stick it in the fridge and then eat it or heat it up the next day or in two days time like you can't buy pre-frozen pizzas and i think there's been a a kind of a shift in australia around ready-made meals or home-cooked meals or buying ingredients and then cooking yourself i want to see a bit of disaggregation around domino's ingredients to enable the consumer to then have their own pizza-making experience. Uh, it's probably contrary to what Domino's does as a business, um, but I see the, the rise in things like HelloFresh, Marley Spoon, and can see that Domino's are leveraging its brand and its ingredients to get in on that. The other thing I've thought about, which was potentially you know, integration across the value chain, so Domino's potentially starting to own food suppliers, um, ingredients, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't necessarily think that's the best use of cash for Domino's. I think they can continually invest in optimizing their business as opposed to integrating across the value chain. That's a really good observation. As we talked about with Ingham, they've created efficiencies by incorporating their supply chain within their business, while Domino's are focusing their efficiencies on the operational side of their business. To fit in one last example, I've seen that they've recognized electricity prices in stores are priced according to their peak usage in a given day. So to lower the cost of their electricity bills, they've installed power load controllers in their stores that smooth out the spikes of electricity usage throughout the day. That's created about a 20% saving on their energy bill. So Domino's is really focused on these types of operational efficiencies which is a different focus from businesses like Ingham's, which focus on its supply chain efficiencies. It's an interesting comparison to draw. 
Let's get to our verdict, though, Albert. What do you think? Yeah, look, I think this is one where you've talked me into it. Um, when I strip it back, do I think pe- people are going to stop eating pizzas? No. Do I think Domino's brand's going to get less valuable? No. So do I think pizza people are going to stop eating Domino's pizzas? No. So um, I think to me, you've talked me into this. Uh, I think Domino's is a great business. What do you think? I agree. And I mentioned before we started recording that we've talked about other businesses with great operations on the pod, like JB Hi-Fi, and we concluded that we weren't too keen on them because they lacked perceived tailwinds like population growth and clear rising demand. But for whatever reason, when I look at Domino's, I'm very impressed and would willingly invest. So that's the verdict. Anything else, Albert? No, no, I think I might go get a pizza now, actually. (laughs) All right, Albert, let's finish up there. Thank you for listening to Fresh Capital, a podcast about learning how companies operate and how investing works in a refreshingly simple way. Please support our podcast by rating it five stars on Apple iTunes, subscribe and follow. We know there are a few of you out there listening every week that haven't rated us yet, so please do it today. Every follow and rating really helps us out. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fresh Capital. Every week, we provide a refreshingly simple way to learn how companies operate and how investing works. Just a reminder, all information contained in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional, financial, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Fresh Capital are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Any opinions expressed in the show are not recommendations or advice. Please consult a licensed financial professional before you jump in. As always, we look forward to seeing you next week. See ya.